0: Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Kittle in Denver
1: territory! Kittle is going to score Touchdown! Coors has got him in a second back inside
2: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for Blue Wire, and joining me tonight is my co-host, former NFL defensive back Eric Crocker. What's up, dude? Oh man, just chilling. I, I like
1: how I can see you right now. So it's like I'm having like a real conversation with somebody, not just somebody <laughs> through speakers.
2: Yeah, no, we got, for those of you just, I mean, I mean, obviously everybody's just listening because we're just recording this like a normal pod, but we use, we use Zencaster and Zencaster has an option where you can, you can record the video as part of the audio or you can just have the video on and still record the audio, which is cool because, yeah, like Crocker said, we can, uh, we can look at each other and, and wave like weirdos and, and have an actual conver- conversation. So yeah, it's cool, man. I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, but tell me, I mean, tell me what you're thinking about right now. What's everybody talking about right now, bro?
1: Yeah, I think everybody's
2: talking about Justin Fields and his pro day and
1: his love affair or whatever that was with Kyle Shanahan, just laughing and joking and just hitting it off real good. So, uh, <laughs> that, was, that was something good to see.
2: I know, people. man. I even, I think it was KP over at Niner Station. I wasn't sure if he did it, but he took that, that short video of Kyle Shanahan kind of standing there next to Justin Fields and, and, and laughing and joking. And he put the, uh, My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion and uh, <laughs> the music to it from Titanic. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, it was funny, dude, because it was like, Obviously everybody would have loved to have seen the entire pro day kind of like how we saw his first pro day, but this one wasn't televised. All we had were some clips from the Ohio State's social media team. But I feel like everybody saw everything they needed to see to like just fall in love that much more with Justin Fields. Like yeah, they saw they saw two. the well, right. And- they saw the incredible throws. They saw the The, the eye contact between him and Kyle Shanahan, the smiles, like it was like, I felt like it was like, you know, like a, like a freshman, a freshman girl Googling over the, the senior high school quarterback, like just kind of like looking on with love and and affection. So it, it, it was my
1: thing, you know, just with them whole, you know, the whole laughing and that whole thing kind of back and forth. I think the thing I take, take away from that most is just the fact that you could tell that they were loose around each other, and right. I mean, you know, this is like I said, like the biggest job interview in Justin Fields' life, in which I mean, he's probably never ever had a job interview. <laughs> you know, talking about like <laughs> a, a five-star guy just going straight That's to college, true. And, you That's know. True. So um, <laughs> this is the biggest and only job interview he's ever had. But <laughs> to to be in that moment and be loose, because you know, you know how tight you can kind of get, you know, in in. Big moments like that, uh, of importance and man, you know how how do I act around this person or you know this could potentially be my boss. You know how do I act? Do I just be myself? And he looked loose. It looked like it was just a just another day. And I think from Kyle Kyle's standpoint, I think that's something you want to see from like someone who could possibly you know be leading your team for the next eight to ten years or whatever. And actually, I mean, most importantly, like your your career is attached to this next decision. So. You want to get somebody that you think, you know what, like, I would like, I feel like, have you ever seen Kyle and Jimmy, like, laugh and talk? I feel like I've never seen that.
2: Well, I mean, they've got some pictures where they're obviously sharing some moments and stuff, but it it doesn't necessarily seem like, I don't know. I I don't know what kind of relationship the two of them have. You know, they spend all kinds of time together because you have to. For those two in those two positions, just Kyle being the offensive coordinator. But I don't know. I, I don't know if, if that's how the relationship is or if it's a little more professional. Jimmy Garoppolo does seem like he's a pretty cut and dry guy, you know, at, at least outwardly from what we've seen, he seems pretty professional. So maybe, maybe it's not quite like that. But I mean, I made a joke on Twitter about the fact that in that one individual picture, they weren't like, Kyle Shanahan and Justin Fields weren't making eye contact. And I just put something along the lines of, oh, they're not making eye contact. Don't think he's the pick, folks. Sorry. And people <laughs> were pissed. They were so incredibly frustrated that I uh could insinuate that that meant anything. And obviously, it was very heavy sarcasm. But there were a few people that got on there that were like, how could you tell this just from one picture? You're just making shit up. This is ridiculous. How could you tweet this? and so it was just like man we need to chill out but yeah everybody as far as this. right as far as a football perspective he made the same very similar throws we saw him make um on his pro day just effortlessly chucking the ball 60 yards downfield you know they all looked like they were pretty well on target i think only one the receiver might have had to slow up a little bit but it was it was impressive the what the throws we got to see were typically impressive um But the thing I mentioned to you before we started recording was, is I'm looking at Justin Fields, you know, pro day. I'm looking at him through those videos up close. And I went, I already watched, went back and watched Trey Lance's pro day. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, man, how can you see the, and then the 49ers are good. They were there today, obviously. Kyle Shannon, John Lynch, and quarterback coach, Rich Scandrello, I think his name is. You get, you get, Rich. Yeah, Yeah. He was there. Virginia. Um, yeah. And th- so they were there to watch Justin Fields. They'll be there to watch. It might be the same group to watch Trey Lance on the 19th. And I, you know, I, like I said, I went back and watched Trey Lance's original pro day. And I just, I watched those guys and I'm like, man, how can you watch these guys? Just elite athletes and elite throwers of the football. At the very least, when it comes to arm talent, not that they can't improve on accuracy and placement. How could you watch these guys and be like, "Hell yeah, let's go, Mac Jones, number three, baby"? You know what I mean? Like, I don't think
1: you can watch them and then say that. I don't think you can.
2: Yeah, I. I mean, obviously, there is a certain amount of respect I have for just the decisions that Kyle Shanahan makes. You know, who am I to tell him what he needs in his offense? But at the same time. There's just a certain, it seems there's a certain level of the obvious. You know, it's just like I'm looking at it. I feel like I know what I'm seeing. And unless I'm just missing by a mile, I just don't see how you would even consider a Mac Jones over a Justin Fields and Trey Lance. And now as time passes, for there was a time there when everybody and their mom and their 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 grandma was saying yeah it's Mac Jones that's who the 49ers traded up for and now o- over the last week to two weeks at, at the very least since the trade it seems like that has very much cooled off would you would you agree? not that there's not people that still don't think it but it, it's cooled off well if you, when
1: you listen to the wording in the way that they say these things, right? Mel Kuyper just put out a mock draft and he had 49ers taking Mac Jones. It's, it's all about oh, what I'm hearing, like what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing. And I listened to, you know, Haberman and Middlecoff and, and they had a great promo code Ham.
2: Shout out to those two guys.
1: Yeah, promo code him. And Haberman asked a great question. Like, is everybody hearing the same thing because it's coming from the same, like one or two people or are these Things coming from like thirty different people, and I think that's what like that's the question that like needs to be asked and and I'm saying because if if everybody is hearing like I'm hearing this Mac Jones, but it's all coming from the same people, it's all coming <laughs> from the same source. Well, that that person could be completely wrong, you know. So I just think from from that standpoint, and I, I've been on podcasts. I was just on a podcast with um some guys from the Green Bay Packers, and like. Green Bay Packers podcasters, and they were saying is what well, like what do you think, and I'm just like, dude, I don't think anybody knows like I don't think anyone knows. I think people are speculating. I think a lot of it just based off of the words that people say is really all it really all stems from what people feel like Kyle is is has you know what he's worked with like that's that's where right. they get it from that's where it's all coming from, like what has Kyle worked with? throughout his career. And you look at Matt Schaub, you see right. you look at Matt Ryan, you look at Kirk Cousins, you look at Jimmy G, you know, and you look at Brian Hoyer, like all these type of guys, and it's just like, well, they don't look like Justin Fields. They don't look like Trey Lance. So obviously Mac Jones, who looks like he fits to a T, he fits what Kyle Shannon has coached. That's gotta be the guy. And oh, we find out he likes him. Oh, he said he is in play. Like so I think from that standpoint, you know, it's like oh well, it's got to be Mac Jones, you know, it's just that's the most likely pick. But anybody that listened to the the the, the, the press conference where it was like, hey, my ideal quarterback is not Kirk Cousins, <laughs> you know, it was like
2: that's just who I had and I liked Kirk, but I'm ready to get my own shit. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like yeah, you know, it's like
1: so. I think when you when you look at that, it, it, you know, you would. Think that he's leaning a different way, but again, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Mac Jones. I would be more surprised that. And there's a lot of people that say, "Well, you could have just got him at 12, or you could have got him at 10." And my thing is like, "Well, you don't know that. Like,
2: you you don't know." So you at this if, point, I think everybody would be surprised if Mac Jones fell to that point. I, I mean, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't only. I wouldn't be
1: surprised because I don't think he's a top 12 pick. I'd only be surprised. Because of how much they've been hyping him. So it's like, you guys said that this guy was supposed to be going at three. And if he doesn't go at three, when does he get picked? If he's not picked by 12, 13, 14, and say the Patriots even pass over him, then it's like, dude, what what were you guys talking about this whole time?
2: I know that's what I mean. I mean, it it was a long time ago, way before the 49ers made the trade, that somebody, I can't remember who it was. Uh, The names on the tip of my tongue was like, I don't think Mac Jones makes it past eight. It was Tenabon. Yeah, there you go. So, and that was, that was like quite a bit, of, maybe a couple of weeks before the 49ers traded up to three overall. Yeah. So to me, the whole Mac Jones going top 10 machine was rolling before the 49ers made their trade. And then the 49ers jumped up to three and then everybody had what you just talked about the, oh, because he's had these guys, this must be what he wants. Then Mac, jo- you know, so I think I get what Sam's- you're saying though. Right.
1: Putting it it out could- there. Like I know my buddy. I know how he views quarterbacks. And I touched on that, right? Like, My buddies know me. They know how I view quarterbacks. And I'm here to tell you my views on quarterbacks has changed drastically over the last couple (laughs) of years. You know, I've said it. I was not the type that wanted the mobile quarterback like that. I wanted a guy that was going to stand in there and and be precise and deliver passes and do all those things. And I've just learned, like, especially over the last couple of years, the way that these quarterbacks are coming out, and they're able to do everything now. And it's like, well, why would I just pigeonhole myself to this style of quarterback when this guy does – This, 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 and this. And I can do this. Oh, wow, I can do everything, you know? So that's just how, you know, and I think people, they think of, the way that they they talk about Trey Lance, the way they talk about Justin Fields is as if they are running quarterbacks. Like, that's always the, in my, like, it's like, well, you can do this type of offense with him. You know, If you if you want Fields right away, like, yeah, you can, you know, you can play because you can add this. You can do all these running things. And it's like, dude, the
2: dude is a pocket passer.
1: That just happens to Look be. Look I mean, Justin Fields'
2: rushing run. stats are not even that crazy because he like, doesn't run not, like that. They don't. Right. They don't run
1: like, matter of fact, when I was watching games and they were doing the read option and stuff like that, there were several times where I'm like, dude, you need to pull. Like, you need to pull. You need to pull. Yeah. Like, he's not like a runner, like people think. He's a passer, and I think him and Trey Lance, they're kind of prisoners of this whole like you know them being so athletic, but like. Justin Fields is extremely accurate. Like, but they talk about, him. they don't talk about him in that way. They don't talk about him in the way like, like, no, this dude is super accurate at every level. Matter of fact, when you look at the analytics, he's the most accurate quarterback in this class. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, I've seen you know, a lot of that too.
1: And, it, but they don't talk about that. They just talk about, well, if you you know what the crazy thing is? They don't talk about Trevor Lawrence at any of this, and nobody ever brings any of that up. Like, he's not like, – <laughs> yeah. his accuracy is not, like, top five in anything. Like, now, Trey Lance Trey Lance is, like, the worst out of most of the things I've seen. I think there's just some inconsistencies with, like, just maybe his technique and stuff that they're trying to fix. But
2: right.
1: um, that's not to say that he can't improve. Remember, I had a conversation with my buddies, and I was like, hey – What's easier to improve, processing or accuracy? And it was unanimous. It was accuracy is the easier one to improve.
2: It's usually just some tweaks, some tweaks in the throwing motion and some, you know, breaking a few bad habits and all of a sudden things improve quite a bit, you know? What JT
1: O'Sullivan um, pointed out. Yeah, you saw him. Yeah, Trey Lance, he's like, he he goes up and down and that changes his, the the target or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It it moves the target. Like as he goes up, then comes down, then goes up and down and then throws the ball. It's like, God, like, you're moving up and down. Like, you're going to be less accurate, like, doing that. So, you know, just fixing those type of things and, you know, uh having a more consistent base, like, that can lead to better accuracy, stuff like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if Trey Lance, who was a 67% passer <laughs> throughout all that, right. and he wasn't throwing screens. But I wouldn't be surprised if he came to the NFL and, like, oh, you're one, 67%, like, he's throwing well. Oh, we just made a – we just overreacted for no reason.
2: Right, and and it's – I think another thing too is like especially for a quarterback that gets to go into Kyle Shanahan's offense, like they're going to – there's a very real chance that they're going to – not even a real chance. I mean if things go in a positive direction, they're going to improve. You know, these right. they, these quarterbacks are not done developing. They're not the best they can ever be right now. Especially, especially, especially not when a, they,
1: uh, a Trey Lance who played at 19 years old. You <laughs> <not enough>. know <laughs> Like he was 19. He just looks like, like that. He just yeah. looks like a grown ass man.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. He's, he's a beast, man. He's a beast, but it's just, there's just this. And, and Josh Allen is such a good example of it. There's just this, this, this rush to, to first, for anyone to be a finished product, you know, like at every moment, everybody wants to act like that person is what they are in that moment. And they're going to be that way forever. You know, like everybody just talks about players like this is the way he is. So he can't change. He can't get better. You know, and it's like that Jim Harbaugh saying that he liked to use all the time. You're either going to get better or you're going to get worse. You're never just going to be that same product. And and it's, you know, players develop and they get so much better. And, And I feel like if Josh Allen were drafted last year, a lot of people would be like completely out on him. He'd be like, like there'd be so many people talking about trading Josh Allen, just how they're talking about trading Tua. And it's like, just give these players some time. And now all of a sudden Josh Allen's maybe in like top five NFL quarterback conversation, top, you know, top 10 to five. I don't or something. think, and I don't
1: think anyone would take five quarterbacks over him.
2: Right. That's what I mean. And it's, but, but it wasn't that long ago where people were like, this dude isn't working out. And it's like, damn, now he's just an absolute beast and people need, you know, Players will continue to develop in the pros. And I, if Justin Fields gets drafted to the 49ers and isn't everything you'd hoped he would have been in his first season in the pros, like relax. It's <laughs> just yeah, that's let not it, the finished let
1: product. It. Like that's not right. You know, I, I do think that the 49ers are in a position and, and this might speed up the process in a lot of people's heads, they're in a position to be able to win, right? Like they have a tremendous team around them. But again, like, I think, I think for the most part is what does it look like, right? The rookie year, no matter who it is, whether it's Mac Jones, Justin Fields, or Trey Lance, like, what does it look like? And I, I think that's what would give people more hope, right? Like Dak Prescott, I think that's as good as it gets for a rookie, but you know, 25 touchdowns, four interceptions, 13 and three as a starting rookie, you know, like right. that. But there is a way to do that because Dak Prescott, wasn't some top-tier prospect coming out. I think he was better than his fourth-round draft where he was drafted, but, you know, he had his issues and limitations. And really, I mean, if you look at his scouting report, it probably looked a lot like Trey Lance's and and Justin Fields. And he came – went in there and played very well. And he didn't even have the innovative, offensive-minded coordinator. I mean, he had – Jason Garrett, who kind of stinks as a coordinator, he had to give up play calling duty a lot of the times. So imagine <laughs> him in the office. You know, I just talked about um on my on my YouTube page, I just put out a video about the most pro-ready quarterback, and I was like, the most pro-ready quarterback is Trey Lance. And everybody, you know, every time I'm listening to stuff is, oh, well, you have to wait two years for this guy or three years for this guy. Like, you never know when he's going to be ready. W- w- why? Why do you have to wait so long to play Trey Lance? The one guy who played the most under center out of any prospect, the one guy who called out all his line protections, the one guy who huddled up, I mean, and like had to use like NFL verbiage as far as calling plays, spit that out, get to line of scrimmage, call out line protection, where's the mic, identifying him and then executing the play. Like he's the one guy that had to do all those things that usually is the biggest transition for guys going to the NFL. You know, I I think people look at it where it's like, well, you know, and I explained this on the YouTube, but he played 17 games and Mac Jones played 17 games. And really Fields didn't start too much more. I mean, he started 23 games, I think. He didn't start a whole lot more games. It's not like he's just like super, like he's a three-year starter. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, like, I just kind of look at this like, you know, why, why do they pigeonhole Trey Lance into this situation of a guy that just has to sit? When he's done the most NFL things, he's been asked to do the most NFL things, and he executed his offense at a high enough level to where they went undefeated and won the national title in the FCS.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: you know what I'm saying? Like, he – and then in a game where it was a snow blizzard and, like, championship, it was, like, freezing cold, he just ran the ball 30 times and they just, you know, ran through the other team. Like, you know, he can win several different ways. But I say all that say, especially in the offense like the 49ers, where, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo threw to his first read 80% of the time. So, like, you know, Trey Lance
2: can't
1: do that and have some level of success (laughs) <laughs> right. I, I I don't know, you know, yep, after I know man. Doing a lot of the things that the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan would ask a quarterback to do. I think that part, that's part of the reason why I think like he's the, he's the guy for them in my gut.
2: Striking gold is sponsored by better help. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals is what the 49ers going to do with the third overall pick stressing you out, or maybe it's something a little more personal. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit BetterHelp.com slash gold. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for Striking Gold listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash gold. That's BetterHelp.com slash G-O-L-D. Yeah. I like fields. I'm a field. Well, the one thing that... Well, and I've always been. I like them both, you know, and I feel like I'd be really excited for either of them, and and I've always just you know excited for Justin Fields, excited for Trey Lance. Get that Mac Jones shit out of here because it just doesn't doesn't jive with 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 where they're picking now for me. And the one thing that we've got as of recent, and this is shout out to Matt Barrows of the Athletic. Now I haven't read the article, but I have heard Haberman and Middlecoff talking about it. Um, and I was just happened to be listening to them right before we jumped on here and I wanted to make sure we mention it, but a John Beck, former Washington, then Redskins quarterback, a backup while Kyle Shanahan was there now coaches quarterbacks and he has spent some time coaching Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. And just recently, apparently under the request of one Kyle Shanahan, who happens to be close friends with John Beck. Now he's coaching Trey Lance. And so you have a close friend of Kyle Shanahan that is one of or the primary quarterback coach for Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Zach Wilson, which to me, like, that is some serious inside information right there. Like, that is a – it was also requested. I think that should be the yeah, the, the trade the man, Lance.
1: at least at the at least. And I don't know about Fields, but I know from someone close to the situation, <laughs> as close to the <laughs> that situation as you can get. Um He told me that Kyle requested that that Trey Lance start the working man. with you know with the uh, back. You know, we can look at that a couple different ways, but. I think at the end of the day, if you're looking to invest this third overall pick into any of these guys and you want to know what this person is capable of doing, I think having one of your guys train him. Now, this isn't, you know, you, this isn't like, well, we got to listen to his quarterback coach or we got to listen to his college coach. This is John Beck, like working one on one with this guy starting and he gets to understand, like you get to put him through everything that you know Kyle's going to like. And you get to see how he reacts and then report that back to Kyle. You get to know, hey, how how good is he at picking up this? Like, how many times does it take him to, you know, pick up this and that? Or, you know, when you ask him to do this throw, you know, like what was his body language when he didn't get something or, you know, when he didn't hit something on the money? Like, how was his body language? Like, you know, what what do you think about his throwing? Like every single thing that goes into a quarterback, what's his mindset? Like, is he late? Is he early? Like, is he always on time? Um, You know, does he make excuses or does he always try to justify this and that? Like you get to find out every little thing about this guy <laughs> when you're working, you know, when you have when you when you have your guy working with him, you know, consistently. So I think that's one thing. I mean, that's as good as it gets as far as intel. It gets no better than that. And yeah. I told you about that because, you know, I train athletes and I have buddies that are, you know, college coaches and recruiters and stuff. And they call me and ask about a guy. Or even sometimes me not knowing a coach, right? Like I had a coach from uh, Eastern Illinois call me about a kid out here in Arkansas. I don't know this coach, but he called me. I got to be real. I got to be real because you, everything about you is on the line. So I'm pretty sure Beck, he's going to be real with his boy Kyle. And this is what I think about these guys. I read, a what was it, Barrows? That posted it about the, he posted mm-hmm. like it yep. Co- or something like, or whatever his, the caption. And I think that was as a pretty good can can you I, I glanced over it. Can you read it? Read it?
2: Where he was just Wait, talking about uh, uh,
1: it was like uh basically like he fits Kyle's offense or something like that.
2: This is oh, on Matt Barrow's Twitter? Yeah. Um uh, I wanna
1: kinda read between the lines and try to see if if it's just like If he's just talking like that because he's been working with him and Matt Bros is asking, or if this is like a strong opinion.
2: I know what he's looking for, so I think it's an easy extension of Kyle in terms of the eyes I have for quarterbacks. That's that's what he had on the article, and uh, shame on me for not – having an athletic description uh, subscription, but I have, like I said, I haven't read it yet, but inside man, friend, and, and another one of Matt Barrow's tweets, inside man, friend of Kyle, quarterback coach John Beck has been working with Justin Fields for months months, and Trey Lance for weeks. Yes, there will be Shanahan tailored throws in their upcoming pro days. So to me, and, and, and I was already starting to fall out of the likelihood of Mac Jones and hearing about this makes me fall even further out of the Mac Jones likelihood because if Kyle Shanahan has a, a close quarterback coach friend working constantly with, with Justin Fields and now at the request of, of Kyle Shanahan, Trey Lance, to me that, I mean, I just feel like that's kind of indicative of a man who's kind of zeroing in on his options and he's got a got got an inside scoop on these two guys and he's going to feel very very comfortable and that kind of goes back to a, remember when the 49ers drafted a lot of guys from the senior bowl when they coached the senior bowl yeah you know i think that there there has to be a level of comfort or the more comfortable you can feel with an option the better you're going to the, the more likely you are to choose that option you know especially when you're talking about trading essentially using three first round picks to pick a quarterback if if Justin Fields and Mac Jones were in the same conversation, but Kyle Shanahan now, thanks to John Beck, feels a lot more comfortable with tra or with Justin Fields than to me it's it's gonna be Justin Fields, you know, or Yeah. Well,
1: yeah, it doesn't sound too good for Jones, but I'm not ruling Jones out. I will say this. Everybody on TV is saying, Well, you don't you don't trade up to pick three. If you don't know who you want and these moves like, you know, just requesting a guy work with a guy, you know, controlling part of a pro day. I don't think that's smokescreen stuff. You know what I'm saying? I think they're still trying to figure out exactly who the right guy is going to be.
2: You know, that could be the case. I think I mean, I've always been convinced that they kind of had their, their leader in the clubhouse when they traded up to three. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that their mind's made up. Right. You know, that doesn't mean that their mind is made up. So I don't, I don't know, but just that John Beck thing to me just kind of seems like Kyle Shanahan has got (laughs) an extremely good source that, and another thing that Middlecoff mentioned is like, this is almost something, oh, I think Haberman mentioned it. This is almost something that like former or, or other NFL GMs could be pissed about. Like there's probably not anything they can do about it, but it's <laughs> like, dude, Kyle Shanahan's <laughs> good friend is working out constantly with both of the prospects that it seemed like the favorites for him to pick. Like right. NFL GMs are like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. They, they got you know, to uh, step their,
1: they uh, got to step their resource game up. to use all your resources right. with this, right. man. I mean, and if I'm Kyle, I'm, th- I'm throwing everything out there, like everything, whatever I can do, because like, if this doesn't work, you already got three losing seasons in four years. Now they extended them, like, I don't know, but Jay York has eaten a lot of <laughs> money over the last few years. I don't know how you can improve or how you can even fix that, but you gotta hit. And you gotta you gotta be right. sure about the guy that you want, and that's the guy you want to really work with. I don't think he ever really wanted Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that was that no, was, it
2: was kind of just an option that fell.
1: Yeah,
2: you know, it wasn't expensive, and it and it happened at the right time. Right. Yeah, yeah I don't so, think that was
1: his. That was his guy.
2: Ever. No, I think he always tried. I, I mean, learn. Kyle Shanahan was probably one of the key. Components of paying Jimmy Garoppolo all that money? Well, I
1: think in the sense of just understanding what you have to do, yeah. you know, I, I don't think you could have been like, cause really essentially what it was was like two franchise tags in a row. Like that, that's really kind of what it was. Now he, he got a little Good way extra. Of it. Yeah. He got a little extra money because well, we went to the Super Bowl. But the moment that it went downhill and they were able to get out of that contract, it wasn't, Set up to where it's just like, well, damn, we're just stuck. They definitely put it in a, no. in a way to where, I mean, look, the last two years, they could have cut him with no dead cap. That's why even Tom Brady was at least an option because, shoot, well, we can cut, like last year, they could have cut Jimmy with no cap. Now they weren't going to do it. I mean, come on now, we're coming off of a Super Bowl. We're coming off of a Super Bowl loss, but a Super Bowl appearance. And, you, I'm assuming you would think, well, Jimmy's only going to get better. But then you go out there week one, and it's like, damn, it didn't get better. This does not look great.
2: It didn't get context, better, and then he got hurt.
1: Well, context, too, you're missing, I think, Ayuk and Debo.
2: but Right.
1: But still, you would think that somebody with, you know, shoot, he tried to get George Kittle killed. Remember, that's when he hurt his knee. <laughs>
0: but, you <laughs> know, there are
1: still some guys out there to where it's like, well, this is our quarterback. This is his – what fourth year with the team third year with the team well fourth now yeah like, it, well, no at that time though no, it was yeah, like three and, and and half.
2: Half.
1: Yeah, and three and a half. yeah a half yeah. so you know it's like well you know he you know he'll be able to manage you know a couple of weeks without these young receivers hell nah, he wasn't able to and that was with <laughs> that was with uh most year catching uh, like a 60 yard touchdown and All it's right. still you know it was a weird game but yeah I think Jimmy's out. You think Jimmy's out of here?
2: Well, that that would be the last topic of our of our evening. Was um, Haberman and Middlecoff again? Middlecoff said that he had he had gotten a text. He just said a little birdie, and I know that's his way of saying you know like a source that he's listening to.
1: And his sources um, too. Hold on, real quick about his sources. His sources are like scouts, GMs, execs. Like they're, right. they're not just like a, just some run around guy in an organization. Like his buddies and the people he texts, they're GMs and stuff.
2: Right. Cause he, I mean, he worked in the league for a while and not, it wasn't that a, long, but he did a good job. Like it was, it sounds like it was only like two or three years, but oh, I thought it was, I thought it was a, longer than
1: that. Fun fact. He was actually, I talked about the, me working out with the Philadelphia Eagles and how there were 70 mm-hmm. people there. He was one of them. But go ahead.
2: No shit. Yeah, he was there. Little little John little John Middlecoff watching Eric Crocker go through his workout, man. Yeah, and not get picked That's up. That's cool to think about. Yeah. That's cool. Um He was probably back there like this guy sucks. <laughs> He's that, like, who, that is, who is this guy? Why what? Arena Football League. <laughs> you know, who the hell is this guy and why is he here? But Um, But what Middlecoff said was that he got a text saying that the Broncos not were necessarily were there solely for this, but he said the Broncos were there to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo with the 49ers. And another thing that he had mentioned multiple times on the pod leading up to this was this felt like in many ways, obviously there are still teams there that want to see Justin Fields again, but in many ways it felt like a business meeting between You know, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, um, Bill Belichick, uh, and, and I think it's, what's the name? George Payton, the new GM over in Denver. I think that's his name. Um, and, and he said, he just said, like, look, man, a lot of, if teams are about to make deals or if they're serious about making a deal for something, they, they would prefer to do it in person. If they could find a reason to come together. And do it in person. You can all. It always just goes better. It goes easier. You you know, face to face, seeing seeing the the inflections in someone's face and and the tone of their voice and stuff. So, you know, I'm not putting too much stock in that at this point, but I do feel like that. You know, it's only going to take an offer that the 49ers consider sweet to move on because they recently signed Nate Sudfield, formerly of the Eagles, right. Yep. and I and I think that they gave him a contract. I think Matt Mayoko mentioned this that made it pretty clear. I think they gave him like 300,000 guaranteed or something like that. It was that more than any. Were... he
1: has more guarantees than anybody else on the roster uh, quarterbacks. They and he has more guaranteed right. money than any other quarterback on the roster right now.
2: So it it made it look like they're planning on having him around this season. And he may be who the 49ers right now consider their primary backup when they draft a rookie quarterback. If they trade Jimmy Garoppolo.
1: They, yeah. I mean, it, 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 but if it goes the other way and it just doesn't work out, like they'll eat that 280, I think yeah. it was a 285,000. Right. Pounds. Right. They'll
2: 100%. Especially when you're talking about <laughs> a starting quarterback that could end up being your backup. That's making $25 million. Like right. uh, You don't give a shit about that. $300,000. Yeah. Nah. But interesting though. I mean, if the Broncos don't feel like they're going to be, I mean, think about it. If you're the Broncos and you don't feel like you're going to be in a good position to get a quarterback that's really going to move move the needle for your team, maybe you can get away with trading a second rounder for Jimmy G, and, and now you feel like you've got someone that's a pretty solid upgrade over Drew Locke, and he's not making a ridiculous amount of money. So, I mean, they're another team that I could see looking into it. And with the, the open line of communication between John Lynch and John Elway, it, it makes sense. You know, I think and, with, with Drew
1: Locke, too, it's weird because he, he has the talent, he has the ability, but it's just not, like, coming together like that. So so here's my question. What do you do with Drew Locke with someone who has kind of, like, this potential, but he's kind of been up and down? um? You bring in, you know, do you wait it out? Like, do you do you attack that position now? Right, like I, I guess it would, it would come down to this: do, do the Broncos feel like they're in a position to where it's like, look, like we are a quarterback away? And if you feel like that, then you probably make the look to make the Jimmy Garoppolo trade now. Now, if you don't feel like you're a quarterback away, then you probably wait. You know, you probably wait until after preseason and if he's not looking good in preseason where it's just up and down like you've been watching him through training camp it's up and down you watch him in preseason up and down and you're like you know what we can't waste any more time on on this guy let's go get Jimmy Garoppolo (laughs) you know and then at that point I bet the 49ers be like well we hope our rookie is uh hitting the ground ready to go because he's got to be the guy now we saw that with uh with uh Carson Wentz I believe it was where I think they had Sam Bradford and they ended up trading Sam Bradford at the end of training camp to the Vikings because Teddy Bridgewater got hurt and the, and the Vikings gave up a first round pick because they were desperate.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, that had more to do with the Vikings situation than it did Sam Darnold or, you know, or, or Carson Wentz just balling out and maybe it was a little bit of both, but, I don't know. I I just I don't know how it's hard to tell how the 49ers are viewing this whole Jimmy Garoppolo situation. I mean, $25 million is a lot. Is a lot of money to pay a guy like okay, let's frame it this way. If Jimmy Garoppolo is out there and let's just say he's just playing okay, not bad, not great, decent. 49ers are winning games. You know, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo has some Jimmy throws in there. I mean, how long is it going to take? Let's say they draft Justin Fields. How long is it going to take for them to trot him out on the field? You know, and how long does it take for the 49ers to kind of, even if they're still winning games, but there's moment where, you know, you got those Jimmy throws. How long does it take for the 49ers to start looking like idiots because they've got the third overall pick, Justin Fields, chilling? I don't think it takes that long at all.
1: Matter of fact, I don't even think they want to run into that situation. (laughs) So I think they're just hoping,
2: like, Jimmy, just be the guy.
1: Just be the guy. Right, right. right. So we don't have either, to do – Either it. be
2: the guy by a clear margin or get the out of here. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's it, tough. It's tough. Yeah. I, that's why I think that – I think if the 49ers got a sweet offer and they, they got their guy at three, I think they'd be willing to move on. You,
1: you want your rookie to get those reps. You know that, that's a big right. part of it. Like when when you have Jimmy Garoppolo and he is the starter, it's like Jimmy, you got to be the starter because if it's not clear cut, I can't be splitting reps between my rookie third overall pick and you. I, I just need I either need him to get all the reps or be the guy, so I don't have to split the reps. And we we're confident in you. The issue is, and we've touched on it before. Jimmy's not a great, he's not a great uh, a damn um practice player. player. So if he's not looking good in practice. And you got this rookie. I think he can be out the door. Then I, I I'd say right now, if I had to put money on, Jimmy will not be here week one. If I had to put money on, no, it right I don't now, think Jimmy so either. Would not be here.
2: And to me, I think the, I think the 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 area of time where the highest likelihood Jimmy Garoppolo is traded is after they select a rookie quarterback on the first round, either by the end of day one or somewhere within day two of the draft, that's where I think the highest likelihood Jimmy Garoppolo is traded. Could it happen at other times? Absolutely. But, you know, there are probably a couple of teams that want to see how those that quarterback market shakes out, and if it doesn't go in their favor, they know that they might be able to offer that their second-round pick to the 49ers, and they're like, this all right.
1: Who's just going to do it, though? Because look what the Panthers got for Sam Donald. And Jimmy has played much better than Sam Donald.
2: It might not be. It might not be just a two, but maybe it's a two this year and then a two next year, or it's a two, or or they're saying no, 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 we don't need your two this year, but give us your first next year. <laughs> you know, like yeah. because they're we'll a take free, a three and a
1: one. Year. We'll take a three this year, a one next year. Like right, I mean? because
2: they always say that future draft picks are like they have the same value of like a round back. You know, like right. a future one is worth a this year's two type of deal. Right. So uh, you know, I I could see them. Going that road, and, and it's not – Jimmy Garoppolo is way better than Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold still has a little bit of that untapped, like he could be quite Sam a bit Darnold better. Sam Darnold more
1: talented.
2: He is more right. talented, but he's
1: just not playing better.
2: No, yeah, and, and everything we've seen from Jimmy Garoppolo has been a solid quarterback. There are but, still probably – Look at their situations, though. Like
1: you got one that was drafted third overall to one of the worst teams in the league with the worst offensive line in the league and just a terrible situation with no weapons. And then you have in bad coaching and then you have another one that went from the Patriots and being able to sit behind Tom Brady and learn from Belichick and Josh McDaniels and all that. Then go to the 49ers with Kyle Shanahan and great structure and oh, okay, a young and upcoming team. Like he went to two of the better situations where, where, you know, uh, uh, Sam Darnold, I mean, with the Jets, it's just been crappy the whole time. And that's all he knows. And that's not even going back. I think people think it starts with the Jets. Dude, that started his last year at USC. Like, they lost right. Oakland. Yeah. They lost Juju. They lost Rodgers. Like, they lost all these pieces. I think they had maybe Ronald Jones. Maybe. Yeah, because Saquon Barkley that year. Yeah. So they had Ronald Jones, but that was it. It was like Ronald Jones and Deontay Burnett, the, the receiver. little Little tiny guy. Like that was it, yeah. Nobody else. Well, and the only thing I would
2: say to that is, is like tough luck. Like that's just the shitty part about the NFL. Like how many great quarterbacks simply washed out of the NFL because they just went to shitty situations and never got a fair shot. Right? You know, like I I think that's. I I I do think that Sam Darnold probably could have been just as good as Jimmy G if he went through the same set of circumstances as Jimmy G. But I mean, you know, like that that's just the way it is and and Jimmy Garoppolo is, is had the benefit of playing on a better team under a better coach so that just makes him worth more you know, you know like
1: Sam it, Donald's is also only 23 and, and he went right to him. a super bowl
2: you know and so it's Sam is it, it, only I get it like there's some, right yeah well yeah cuz he could yeah. just straight up his career yeah. could still turn around and he yeah he's <laughs> <It's> like the <laughs> same thing so much time
1: like
2: yeah <laughs> right it's just it it just sucks that so much of of a of a player's career and this goes to any position of so much of a player's career is dependent on the situation that they fall into. You know, it's it would kind of, it's kind of stressful when you think about it. Like, you know, you you so many talented players have simply gone the way of the civilian life because they just went into a shitty situation. And I think the 49ers know that just given what Sam Darnold was traded for. And who was traded before that? What was the other big quarterback trade? Before Sam Darnold, somebody else got traded. Uh but I can't remember who it was. There's somebody out there. Somebody's gonna mention it in Twitter yeah. I think so. Shoot, 49. I want to say it was another <laughs> one. <laughs> I know. I thought there was some other quarterback, but it but it was another quarterback where it was like like damn, or maybe it was just quarterbacks getting paid. But I think the 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 value of quarterbacks is still pretty high. So w- no matter what you feel about Jimmy Garoppolo, there is going to be a team that's willing to contemplate uh, a high second or a late first or or future first because they just don't have an answer and they don't want to go through a season where they just have absolute shit quarterback play and it's just a crappy position to be in. So, well, here's you know. the thing though: would, would you rather
1: pay? Would you rather play pay Andy Dalton ten million ten million a year? or jimmy twenty five million
2: probably Andy Dalton, ten million,
1: would you rather I, pay cam Newton, if you're the Patriots, would you rather pay Cam Newton fifteen million or jimmy twenty five
2: probably jimmy twenty five okay, I think but that's a situation thing, you know Jimmy's going back to a a place where he spent plenty of time. he's probably feel hella comfortable and 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 give it Cam Newton played for the Patriots last year, and I think he'll be better this year. But that was not pretty, you know, so I feel like maybe the Patriots could see Jimmy Garoppolo as a pretty substantial upgrade to what Cam Newton gave them last year, you know, like, so I could see them contemplating that more than maybe most teams would, right. but that one's still close. And, and I, I do think that any team that trades for Jimmy Garoppolo might immediately start trying to get into restructuring to where not that they'll necessarily take a pay cut, but you know how that shit works. They start moving things around and all of a sudden, you know, they're not really getting paid what you think they are. But I don't know, man. I don't know about Jimmy G. I don't, I don't I'm right there with you though. I don't think he survives the offseason as far as the 49ers go. And yeah. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. If the 49ers drafts Justin Fields, a guy who lit it up at Ohio State the past two years, despite the fact that I do feel like giving your quarterback time to develop is, if you have that luxury is always a great thing. I just don't think the 49ers are going to want to stomach. Having Justin Fields in that quarterback room and on that field and not being able to give him the reps, right? Like It's just give like if we're going to build you know.
1: towards what you know you you want to. Now again, it, 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 unless he's just completely lost, <laughs>
2: then
1: <laughs> you know that that's one thing. But if he's not like completely lost, then it's just like and just get him the reps and just get that out the way.
2: And not to mention building that relationship with Brandon Ayut, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, right. all those guys he's got to throw to. And they, I mean, think about it, man. Think about what it would be like for those receivers. There may be some bumps in the road, but you had Jimmy Garoppolo last year that was always hurt. So you really had Nick Mullins and CBA Bethard. And then Justin fucking Fields walks in the door the next, <laughs> the next year. You're like, holy shit, man, let's go. Like you'd be so yeah. excited as a receiver catching passes downfield. You're like, hey, man, throw that shit. Air that hoe out. Let me get it. And, yeah, and, and, and Justin Fields is yeah. like, yep, here it
0: comes. woohoo!
2: You know? <laughs> like, I feel like it would just be so different. And that's where 49ers fans can start getting excited. Because if the Mac Jones stuff is kind of fading away, and just to preface that, I feel like even Mac Jones, would, would there'd be a lot more downfield action than what we had. Because he he didn't have any problems throwing it downfield. He just doesn't have the arm that... Yeah, it's not no, as flashy.
1: No. But so he was,
2: he was throwing it.
1: He throws the ball downfield, and typically if he can get out in rhythm, he throws it with really good accuracy. But he does throw some weird passes downfield that go overlooked because his receivers make plays. So that's one thing that kind of gets overshadowed. There, there's some you can see him hit guys right in stride, but there's some other ones that look ugly. Like it's just severely underthrown. But I mean we right. know he doesn't right. have the strongest of arms, so you know, by Jimmy, but it's he just could be somebody that runs into a Jimmy situation where somebody who was comfortable throwing downfield because his receivers are just beating everybody now in the NFL where there's not that big you know, separation downfield, how accurate are you then? And I think that's where you could see him getting in a little bit of trouble trying to throw downfield.
2: Right. And and I think that the you know, it's just it's at a point where it's at a point where the the 49ers offense as a whole just has so much to benefit from most mostly so Trey Lance and Justin Fields but I'm saying that I still think they'd benefit from Mac Jones but the amount of of massive benefit I feel like that offense will get from like a, a player like Justin Fields will just be It kind of hasn't been talked about a lot. That's one, something we'll talk about once they figure out who the hell they pick. But the amount the 49ers offense can change under a type of player like that is going to be pretty shocking. You know, like you got quarterbacks that are involved in the run game that are, that are doing read options, you know, run pass options, boots and, and all this stuff that Kyle Shanahan did sparingly with Jimmy G. Jimmy G could still run a boot. He was athletic enough, but it's so much more threatening now with a guy where the defender has to honor the quarterback keeping the ball. You know, like he, he can't just drop. If it was Jimmy running a boot, the, the, the defender's just going to drop into coverage because no one's worried about his ass running the ball. But with a Justin Fields that runs a four four or a Trey Lance that might run like a four five and run over your ass, like you got to respect that. So. It's just like the amount that's going to change if the 49ers go that route. It's pretty exciting. It's fun to think about.
1: Yep. Yep. Can't wait. It's win. fun to
2: think about. But I think, I think we can end there on some positivity, some, uh, you know, just some excitement. Hopefully you guys haven't gotten tired of talking about quarterback stuff. Uh, I mean, I know I kind of am, but at the same time, it's one of those things, like if you're not talking about it, you feel like you're, you're doing the wrong thing. Like you're like, like, what are we talking about this shit for when the 49ers have third overall and, you know, they're picking a quarterback. So it's just funny. It's an interesting time. But anyways, Croc, you got any closing thoughts, brother? Nah, man, just keep chipping away. Two win. weeks, we're, man.
1: Two weeks. We'll, we'll dedicate one of these uh, pods to like, you know, the rest of the draft or, or positions we can go through position and how they can kind of address it. And maybe some of the things they've done in the off season, just kind of leading up to, to the draft. Right. So yeah. it's not all yeah. centered around the quarterback position.
2: That's true. That's true. Um, but, hey, tomorrow, or actually today, when you guys are listening to this, this should be published tomorrow morning. I know that our Sunday's episode was a little delayed. Um, but when you guys should be listening to this, it should be two weeks until the first round of the NFL draft. So, I mean, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're, we're almost there. So, uh, you know, that's exciting. But, anyways, you already know what it is. That's Croc. I'm Rob. It's another episode for those of you uh, that were big fans of the locker room we'll be back on there soon we're just letting them get their audio stuff uh, straightened out but um, you know hey this is striking gold and for another episode we are signing out peace